1: My name is Hector, and I will be your conference facilitator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to Mandalay Resources Corporation's Q1 2021 Financial Results Conference Call. Joining us on the call is Dominic Duffy, President, Chief Executive Officer, and Director of Mandalay Resources. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. A question and answer session will follow the formal presentation. If anyone should require operator assistance during the conference, please press star zero on your telephone keypad. As a reminder, this conference is being recorded. This call contains forward-looking statements which reflect the current expectations or beliefs of the company based on information currently available to the company. Forward-looking statements are subject to a number of risks and uncertainties that may cause the actual results of the company to differ materially from those discussed in the forward-looking statements. Factors that could cause actual results or events to differ materially from the current expectations are disclosed under the heading Risk Factors and elsewhere in the company's annual information form dated March 31, 2021, available on CDAR and the company's website. I would now like to turn the conference over to your host, Mr. Dominic Duffy. Please go ahead, sir.
2: Thank you, Hector. Uh, Good good morning everyone and thank you for joining us today Uh, with me on the call is Nick Dwyer, Mandalay's Chief Financial Officer and Chris Davis, Mandalay's Vice President of Exploration and Geology. Mandalay released its first quarter 2021 financial results at market close yesterday. You can see our consolidated financial statements and MD&A on Mandalay Resources' website under our profile on Saturday. Mandalay Resources delivered another solid quarter in Q1 2021. Overall, I am very pleased with the current state of our operations. Both are in the strong positions as we continue to execute on our operational strategies. This quarter again highlights the quality of the yield deposit as it's becoming the anchor for the company with its continued financial and operational performance and exciting exploration potential, before we get into our operations, though, I'd like to pass the call off to Nick, who will walk us through the financial highlights of the company during Q1.
0: Nick. Thanks, Tom. Nick. From a financial point of view, our Q1 was a strong start to the year. We grew our consolidated revenue uh, to. Uh, $53 million, which was a 26% increase compared to our Q1 2020. We recorded our third highest quarterly adjusted EBITDA of $26 million, which translated into a solid EBITDA margin of 50%. Our consolidated cash and all-in sustaining cost per ounce were $883 and $1,212 respectively, which was broadly in line with the comparative 2020 quarter. We recorded an adjusted net income of 5.6 million, or six U.S. or eight Canadian cents per share, and a consolidated net income of 25.5 million, or 28 U.S. or 35 Canadian cents per share, which was the highest in the company's history. The difference between the two net income amounts was mainly due to a $20 million fair value gain on the hedges, uh, this was due to the decrease in the gold price and a strengthening of the Australian dollar versus the US dollar over the quarter. Finally, Manulife closed the quarter with 30 million dollars in cash, which was slightly, higher than the, uh, slightly lower than the 34 million at year-end 2020. And the reasons for the, for the decrease were, first and foremost, the, the largest impact of around 4 million was the change in payment terms with our principal antimony customer at Costa Field which meant that we only received two months' payment of provisional invoices in the quarter. It's worth noting this is purely a timing issue that will only impact our first quarter. Secondly, we made a one-off $2 million prepayment to a, a contractor at Bjorkdal, um, who's performing the, the major tailing dam uplift which is happening this year. We incurred just over a million dollars in start-up costs for the waste dump processing at Sarabio. It's worth noting that subsequent to the first quarter in April, we, we sold our first concentrate shipment. And Dominic will speak more about this later in the call. We also paid, we paid $3.8 million on our syndicated facility, leaving $55 million outstanding on that debt. And lastly, we paid $1.5 million to settle the obligations of our hedging program throughout the quarter. That said, going forward, we expect our cash balance to grow in the future quarters. Thank you. I'd like to turn the call back to Dominic. Dom?
2: Thanks, Nick. Um, Now turning to our operations. Um, Mandalay, we continue to build off uh, the strong momentum that we're generating in 2020. And we delivered our sixth consecutive quarter of excellent operational results and its third consecutive quarter over quarter of increased production. That was demonstrating the sustainability of the company's operational turnaround. Consolidated saleable production of 28,700 ounces of gold equivalent was the company's highest production rate since the fourth quarter of 2017. Mandalay's production profile is expected to improve, um, and this solid start to the year is putting us firmly on track to meet our 2021 production and cost guidance. A large part of this strong quarter was due to continued high-quality ore coming out of Field, which averaged grades of 11 grams per tonne gold and 3.9% antimony that was processed. I'd like to note that the slight dip in grades at cost field as compared to the fourth quarter of 2020 uh, was planned as the site purposefully fed some low-grade material into the plant as it had to deal with reagents uh, sourcing issues that were stemming from COVID-19. This supply issue has been resolved and the site uh, will be processing per normal going forward for the remainder of 2021. Uh, The 15,460 ounces of gold equivalent produced during the first quarter was Costafield's best quarterly result since the second quarter of 2016. These ounces were produced at a cash cost of $640 per ounce and an all-in sustaining cost of $937 per ounce. This resulted in Costafield posting yet again another strong quarterly revenue of $31.8 million a 56% increase of from the 20 million generated in Q1 2020 moreover the 21.5 million in adjusted ebitda generated in Q1 2021 exceeded the company's previous high of 20 million from last quarter L- looking ahead at cost field we are expecting to see a similar production profile with the continuation of the high quality ore and gold grades coming out of the Yule vein. <clears throat> At Bjokdol, we continued to deliver stable and profitable performance. Uh, the mine produced 11,855 ounces in Q1 2021, an increase of 20, 10% as compared to the same period last year. In March 2021, we saw approximately 5% uplift in processing rates to 3,520 tonnes per day as compared to the first two months of this year, which resulted in excellent month with 4,500 gold ounces produced, Doll's best monthly results since July 2019. Cash and oil in sustaining costs were slightly higher at Bjorkdal at 1,187 and 1,533 per ounce respectively versus 1,052 and 1,479 per ounce a year ago. As Nick mentioned earlier this is related to the ramp up as we increase the tonnage hoard from underground. As compared to Q1 2020, we increased our underground mining by 23% to approximately 269,000 ounces per tonne at 1.52 grams per tonne of gold. Of that, we processed approximately 268,000 tonnes from the underground at 1.37 grams per tonne gold. On pace to exceed our annual target of 1.1 million tonnes uh, from the underground. For the rest of 2021, we expect grades to lift as we mine further down into the Aurora zone. Uh, And just quickly on the financial side, this resulting uh, quarterly revenue of 20.8 million and 5.8 million in in adjusted EBITDA. Lastly, regarding our Q1 results, uh, included approximately 1,400 saleable gold equivalent ounces from the trial processing of the mineralised waste dumps, dump material at Cerro Bayo, which commenced in February of this year. With the initial signs of economic profitability, the company intends to investigate the option of extending this trial project through to the fourth quarter of 2021. In addition to our operational and financial success, I would like to invite Chris to speak on our recent exploration developments, which further strengthens a positive growth trajectory and underlying long-term value of the company. Chris?
3: Thanks, Dom. Um, subsequent to quarter end, we reported on some impressive gold grades coming from the newly discovered Shepherd Zone at Costfield. The Shepherd Zone is located to the north of the Central Corridor and is situated just below the currently um, planned depth extent of the Yule development. This zone is linked yet structurally distinct from the Yule ore body, which we believe acts as a ceiling to this mineralisation. 2 subvertical veining horizons have been intercepted in multiple holes. The easternmost veining intercepted uh, interpreted to join with Yule, at the uppermost point and includes some of the most significant grades yet seen at Costa Field. These include 24 grams per tonne gold over a true width of 6.3 metres and 427 grams per tonne gold over a true width of 77 centimetres. This veining is paralleled by a second horizon approximately 80 metres to the west, also containing nuggety gold. Intercepts in this vein include Uh, 460 grams per tonne gold over a true width of 11 centimetres and 231 grams per tonne gold over a true width of 18 centimetres. As yet, the strike and depth extent of these veins are unknown. However, gold-bearing veining to the south has been partially intercepted in a tail of an older hole. This, along with the understanding of yule, points to a strike length of around 300 metres. Mineralogically, the intercepts look more akin to the world class Bendigo and Fosterville style deposits uh, than the cost filled mineralisation nearer to surface. This insight has understandably provoked much excitement around the Shepherd Zone. Drilling in Q2 has ramped up with an additional three drill rigs uh, diverted to this project. This discovery could mark another step change for Costafield, which is already the, uh, one of the world's highest-grade producing mines, with a, a proven and probable mineral reserves of uh, 12.8 grams per tonne gold and 3.5% antimony. Continuing with Costafield, the exploration team have also been drilling at Browns, the Browns Prospect, Following early success in the program and an inferred Yule-style Uh, environments at depth. Beginning in late Q1 the Fox fault drilling is focused on yet another Yule analogue to the south of the field underneath the high-grade Cuffley ore body. In addition the Cuffley deeps drilling also began in Q2 with a focus on investigating the upgrade potential of the indicated resources below Cuffley. At Bjorkdale two drilling programs extending both the main zone and lake zone veining are undertaken simultaneously, or sorry, were undertaken simultaneously during Q1. The main zone extension program began in early Q1 and focused on the extension of the currently mined veins to the east and at depth, while also investigating the interaction of the veins with scarnified marble. This program is expected to be complete in Q2, 2021. The lake zone conversion drilling was undertaken with the intent of gaining resolution on the multiple highly mineralized horizons located in the Bjorkdale deep testing program uh, of last year. This program is also expected to be completed in Q2 2021. With the lake zone and main zone objectives almost complete, drilling in Q2 will be recommenced on the Aurora deposit extending the mineralisation both up dip and to the east. Lastly, a significant surface percussion drilling program has begun in Q2 with the intent of gaining till and bedrock samples for multi-element analysis in six locations within Mandalay's exploration tenements surrounding Bjorkdale. Thank you. That concludes the exploration update and I'd like to hand the call back to Dominic. Dom?
2: Thanks Chris. Um, some very excellent exploration results. Um, we, we're definitely starting to see the benefits of having the funds available and the backing of the board to start testing these multiple targets and definitely looks like we are going to be adding some extremely high grade mine life to Costa Field and Bjorkdal over the course of this year. But lastly, I just wanted to thank the continued commitment of our employees and contractors to execute on our strategic initiatives during a global pandemic. Thank you, everyone, and this concludes our call. I would now like to open the line for questions.
1: Thank you. At this time, we'll be conducting a question and answer session. If you'd like to ask a question, please press star one on your telephone keypad A confirmation tone will indicate your line is in the question queue. You may press star 2 if you would like to remove your question from the queue. For participants using speaker equipment, it may be necessary to pick up your handset before pressing the star keys. One moment, please, while we poll for questions.
4: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
1: The first question comes from line of Ernie Malesh with P&G. Please proceed with your questions.
5: Uh hi, congratulations on the excellent results this quarter. Um I've got um uh, one question uh, regarding the financials on the um uh $20 million uh, gain. Uh is that an actual cash gain or is it just a uh, uh bookkeeping uh, uh gain that's uh, based on the value of the uh, derivative contract?
2: I'll hand that question over to Nick.
0: Yep. Uh, thanks, Ernie. Uh, the the twenty million dollar gain is it's a it's a non cash item and it's uh, it's effectively the uh, a mark to market um, adjustment or a, an accounting gain that showed in the books um, from on a quarter by ca- quarter uh, basis. So we we mark those the future hedges um at the end of each of the the balance sheets on a quarter by quarter basis and uh we use a valuation method um so in, in short it's a it's a mark to market gain on on future um, uh, f- future hedge or derivative programs that we um that may or may not end up um, eventuating
5: oh thank you and the second question i have is uh, uh regarding the um Uh, Gravity recovery at uh, Bjorkdal. I noticed over the last, uh, say, from 2014 to 2020, uh, the recovery from the gravity circuit went down by about 4% with the corresponding increase uh, of 4% in your flotation circuit. Uh, Can you uh, provide a little bit of insight as uh, to what the reason for that is? is? Has there been a change in the amount of mass uh, flow going from the hydrocyclone overflow into the flotation circuit? Or has has it been uh, an issue with the uh, uh, gravity uh, Nelson concentrators?
2: Yeah, and it's probably more related to the metallurgy than uh, anything else. What we have been finding over the last several years is we do um, process more scarn or limestone-like material. Um, these aren't big batches, but what we do find when this material does pass through, almost the bulk of it does um, pass directly through the gravity circuit and is recovered within the flotation. So more so changes in our met- in our processing, it's re- related to the metallurgy as yes, we are processing more scarned material and th- this SCARM material, historically there was no focus put on it um, and all of the focus was on the the actual um, veining at Bjorkdal. so but we have found that a lot, some of the um uh, material can be extremely high grade so that's why Mandalay has put a high focus on it over the last prior years. However, that being said, the recoveries of the scar and overall are significantly lower, um, so it can be as low as 78%. So, you, what you see is we have made metallurgical changes in the processing plant to get our overall recoveries up with the uh, um, normal processing of our veining ore. But it is dropped when we do process the high-grade stink gun material and more of it goes to our flotation.
0: OK,
5: thank you for that. And then the other question is, uh, you mentioned about going to uh, from 1.3 million tons a year to 1.7 million tons per year. My understanding is that uh, uh, your crushing circuit already is operating at over uh, 200 tons per hour. So uh, uh, how easy is it to make that uh, to add another uh, 40 uh, tons per hour to your primary ball mill?
2: Uh, so we have mod- we have ball mills and rod mills. So the, to get to 1.7 million tons per annum, we would actually have to add a another ball mill to the circuit. However, this year we are um, going be to be transitioning one our rod mill to a ball mill. Um, so that does give us some more capacity, some more throughput. Uh, it gives you a finer grind easier and you have less downtown, downtime. So that's a small change we are doing. But the overall study will be looking at exactly what capital is, would be needed because it's not just an additional ball mill. It's upgrading the cyclones, um, likely another Nelson um, and other. I'm um, pretty much upgrading the whole... Um, plant process so that's why the study is required but we are making small changes in the grinding circuit and cyclones to be able to get some incremental lifts over the course of this year which we were starting to see at the end of Q, in Q1. Oh
5: great that sounds uh, like a good future for Yorkshire. Now the other question yeah. is, um, is um, on the um, uh, uh, flotation circuit. Has your expert uh, system uh, improved uh, the recovery of uh, the flotation or how, do, how does that interplay with the gravity circuit?
2: Yeah, so uh, it definitely has increased our recovery of the flotation circuit. Uh, however, again, I go back to the why you don't. And I think the flotation has increased by approximately 4%. Um, if you're looking at both the scan and the vein material, but everything has been held back a little um, by when we are processing the scan material, which drops our overall recoveries but uh it looks pretty flat line uh, the whole way through, even though we do get have had improvements on our the processing of the normal ore.
5: and then on your ore trucking from underground, is there a, a bottleneck there or uh wood would the current uh underground uh, uh portal uh or the uh, portal to the underground support uh, uh throughput of 1.7 million tons
2: uh it, we use a contractor so that definitely we we have the capacity we would be able to haul more or it's just bringing more trucks online um, to get up to the 1.7 it would take several years to get up to that level um it, however the Haulage distance are getting further as we get further down the aurora zone is at the extent of the mine. So that's why it's so exciting for us. Uh, Positive results we are starting to see from lake zone and main zone, which brings the haulage back closer to the portal, which does make it easier to increase our haulage and less likely for it to be a bottleneck.
5: Okay. Well, thank you for that. And congratulations once again on an excellent quarter.
2: Thanks,
1: Annie. As a reminder, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. As a reminder, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. One moment, please, while we poll for more questions. The next question comes from mine line of Barry Morgan, private investor. Please proceed with your question.
5: Good morning, Mr. Duffy. I would like to start by thanking you and all of the Mandalay staff in Toronto, Australia, and Sweden for the excellent job that all of you have done turning Mandalay into a profitable company in the past 18 months. My question is, given that Mandalay will be debt neutral in 2021, do you have any plans to reinstate dividends in
2: 2022. Uh, th- thanks a lot for the very positive feedback Barry. Um, yes yeah, so that is an I can't commit to anything at the current time um, but that is definitely an ongoing discussion that we are having with the board. Um, it's a trade-off of how much do you reinvest in capital development uh, sorry um, capital exploration um, and the possibility of um, external growth within Mandalay against a dividend but there is a possibility that we would um, re-implement the dividend and if we did it would likely be based on this similar philosophy to what we did previously basing it off a percentage of our trailing quarter revenue Um, we do expect to even have more funds available um, from 2022 going forward as we the bulk of our tailings dam lift in Bjorkdal this year will be completed Um, that's approximately 10 million spend that we are incurring this year and last year so that means we should be generating even more free cash flow which would make the possibility of um and being able to pay dividends more likely next year. But unfortunately, I can't commit to anything at the current time.
5: Thank you. though. appreciate it. Yep.
1: Your next question comes from the line of Peter Fraser with West Face Capital. Please proceed with your question.
4: Uh, good morning, Dominic
1: and uh, Chris and Nick.
4: Uh, I have two questions. The first question is, can you just talk about uh, the cash cost at um, Costerfield has crept up? Could you just explain why that's happening and your outlook for the rest of the year?
2: Yeah. So, uh, part of it is, if you look at Costerfield, it's pretty much a fixed cost operation. Um, because it's relatively small tonnage, uh, very fixed workforce from underground. So where um, where we get variances in our cash cost per ounce is directly related to obviously our ounce throughput and production, and then the exchange rates. So the exchange rates are the one that does hit us the heaviest, really. With our overall production. So, with the Australian dollar um, lifting um, this year, we have seen a, a increase in our US dollar um, costs at cost of Field. So, you can pretty much attribute it uh, 100% just to um, the changing exchange rate within Australia or their strengthening.
4: Perfect, because I noticed your, your mining yep. cost per tonne kind of ore actually went down. Uh, but your, the cash cost uh, went up. And so that's, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, second question. Chris and Dominic, and like, I wasn't paying full attention, but could you add a little more color on the natural mineralization in the the, ex, the new exploration area? Could you say that you don't think, you think it could be the same system as uh, more like Fosterville rather than the existing Yule system? or If you could just repeat and, and expand, that'd be great. Thanks.
2: Yep, I'll, I'll let you type that yes. one, Chris.
3: Okay, thanks. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, yeah, so I guess what I mean by that comment is that um, as we go uh, deeper in the, well, at basically at the base of the Yule deposit, and now we understand heading into this Shepherd deposit, we're seeing um, nugget or nuggety gold within quartz, um, which is the dominant feature rather than uh, antimony present. So that, uh, or stibnite, you know, with the quartz and gold. So in the upper reaches of um, the cost filled ore deposits, we see a lot of mixing between stibnite and, and gold and some refractory gold within arsenopyrite surrounding the veining. Uh, but at this depth, it seems to be more a, a sort of primary phase of, of nuggety quartz. Uh, sorry, nuggety gold within quartz, uh, which is you know what we see um, more to the you know the west within the uh, Bendigo zone in Victoria. Uh, Got it. Okay. So that
4: it sounds that, that sounds out. very exciting. Like congratulations, guys. That sounds it's it's uh, really kind of neat to hear that. So thank you.
3: Yeah, no,
4: thanks. Thanks, us. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. It was a theory, and it looks like there's a uh, uh, there's reality. The theory is being, uh, you know, possibly proven. It's not fully proven, but it, it looks like you're on the right track. So that's great news. Thanks. I have no other
1: questions. Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the end of the question and answer session, and I would like to turn the call back to Mr. Dominic Duffy for closing remarks.
2: Thanks a lot, Hector, Um, and thanks everybody for joining us today. Uh, I look forward to updating the market with our progress both expirationally and operationally going forward, and I hope you all have a great day and stay safe. Thank you.
1: This concludes today's conference. You may disconnect your lines at this time. Thank you all for your participation.
0: Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.